All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan? This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits I am your host Lupa Barty And this is episode 63 I think, I don't know, I have checked three times, and do you think that that number would actually retain in my brain for more than a second and a half? No, not really. I apologize if a hum kind of happens to pop in, I don't know what's going on, I just, I don't know. Just one of those days for me today. Kind of been one of those weeks, but, uh, yeah, I'm having an issue with electronics this week, apparently. Um... You'll notice I don't have my 
normal bubbly exuberance that I usually have. Um, I am delaying it again this week. I delayed my recording last week, I do believe. I don't think I recorded on Tuesday last week. I don't remember. Um, because again, I had dental surgery again this week, but only on one spot. Uh, oh, well, this is neat. This is a first. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm recording. And I'm sure you can hear that in the background. The bus never stops in front of my apartment. Ever. I am one minute into my recording and guess what? Bus stops in front of my apartment. Let's I do believe it's crazy dude that lives across the street. Let him off. When I say he's crazy dude, he's crazy. When I first moved in, um, my next door neighbor told me, like, like the, in the apartment right next to mine, told me all about crazy dude across the road. And, you know, avoid him. And, you know, I seem like a nice girl and I'm living by myself. So, you know, kind of stay out of his radar and, and, and don't, don't, don't talk to him. And then my friend Mike, who lives in the building next door, he told me about crazy dude. And he's like, don't make eye contact. If he's coming towards you, like cross the street, go into a store, avoid him at all costs. Don't make eye contact. So I have done really, really well at not making eye contact, not drawing attention, um, staying out of his radar until earlier in the week. I was, uh, it was last week, actually. I was heading to my dentist appointment last week and I was leaving like early in the morning. And um, he uh, <laughs> saw me coming and decided he was going to stand in the middle of the road and stop traffic for me and then wave me out so that I could exit the driveway or the alleyway um, in safety. So, I mean, I'm Canadian. So the polite thing to do is, unfortunately, make eye contact, smile, and wave thank you. So, um, yeah. I've been kind of hiding in my apartment ever since and making sure before I leave my apartment that he is not out there anywhere because I do not want to be his friend. I know. I have enough crazy people in my life. I don't need to add another one. I'm trying to eliminate the ones that I have. Um, I don't want to add another one. And the fun part about trying to eliminate crazy people is you have to do it carefully because you don't want to um, ignite the crazy. <laughs> and there's one in particular that um, I actually, I think I have fairly effectively removed them from my life without them actually being aware that I have removed them from my life. Um, I had been dodging this person for a while and I finally, I couldn't dodge them anymore and there was a conversation that needed to be had. So I'm like, okay, fine. We'll meet for coffee. We went for coffee. We had the conversation and when they left, they felt pretty good about the conversation and pretty good about how the, the whole interaction went. And I'm like, yes, okay, you're gone now. 
perfect. I have not spoken to. I have not communicated with. I have not commented on any of their social media posts. Nothing. And surprisingly enough, I haven't actually received any direct messages from this person since then. So, yay! <laughs> and I know they don't listen to my podcast because they're not... They're just not smart enough to figure out how to do that. Um, they can barely operate their smartphone. And I mean, I always have this, this rule. You should never op, you should always be 10% smarter than whatever object you're trying to operate. And unfortunately, their phone is about 20% smarter than they are. Um, yeah. So I'm not concerned. And I mean, even if they did listen to my podcast and they did say, hey, were you talking about me? I'd be like, uh, yeah. And those who know me know that I don't say anything about anybody that I am not willing to say to their face or haven't already said to their face. Um, anyway, as I was saying, I'm not my usual bubbly self um my dental surgery again this week and i had three more stitches put in yesterday um yesterday no monday was it yesterday today is day two day two post dental surgery and one of the stitches has already worked its way out in its entirety all in one piece i don't understand how it manages to untie itself but it does. And I did tell my dentist when I was there what happened to the stitches in the other two teeth, um, like the, the other two places where he had removed. Um... Okay, I have to tell you the story first before you understand the work that was done. My old dentist was a charlatan, for lack of a better term. And the top tooth, he just kind of broke off the actual tooth part that is below the gum line and left the roots and then he glued the tooth back in it fell out after my dog hit me in the face with his head he head butted me um that's how i found out it was just glued in <laughs> then the bottom one uh broke and he just kind of filed it down so that it wasn't cutting up the inside of my mouth anymore i said oh no no it's fine it's fine it's fine uh, okay so he, the dentist that I'm going to now, he actually had to dig, like cut the gum line, dig around underneath the skin and find the tooth fragments and pull them out, um, requiring three stitches in each socket. Not fun. So the back one um, had been an issue and it's really weird right now because like I run my tongue back there and the little ridges of, of root aren't there anymore. And it feels really, really weird because they've been there for so long. Um, and I think that was the one in the front was where the where he had left the roots was the original tooth that caused the original abscess that damaged my heart. <laughs> Uh, how many years ago now? 12, I think. 10, 11, 12, I don't know. Long time ago. Long time ago. Um, anyway, so yeah, it was, uh, it was not fun. But I will honestly say that Dr. Sam is awesome. He, um, 
is the fastest extractor I have ever had an experience to meet or see or encounter. Um, the worst part about the whole procedure is having the freezing put in, you know, where they go into the gum line and into the lip and all of that with the needle. I don't like that part. And any other part after that, he tells you, you know, oh, it's, you know, suck it up. You can't feel anything. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just get over it. Get over yourself. You're fine. Stop panicking. You're fine. When he's putting that needle into your gum line though, and I mean, you're gripping the chair for all you're worth so that you're not sliding down the chair onto the floor trying to get away. Um, the entire time he's saying to you, I am so sorry. I know, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. I know it hurts. Please don't hate me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and after you're frozen, it's like the real Dr. Sam enters the room and he's like, you know what? You're fine. Suck it up. But um, I react strangely to... Um, freezings, whether it's local, whether it's a general, I, they're never quite exactly sure how, I just react strangely to medical procedures. And um, anybody that knows me well and has gone through medical procedures with me um, knows this. All right, Mish? <laughs> Crystal? Yeah, y'all know, you know. <laughs> so, um, when he put in the freezing this time, he like he pretty much froze the whole upper right side of my jaw. Unfortunately, <laughs> the freezing only took in about uh, maybe a quarter of the area. Maybe, maybe half of a quarter. What's half of a quarter? I don't know. I don't math. <laughs> I told um, one eighth. Ooh, okay. Hey, look at that. I mathed with the help of my live studio audience because, you know, he's got my back. Um, yeah, I was I was talking to um, a youngin the other day. We'll, we'll just call her a youngin. And um, she we were talking about math and you know the fact that she really loves math and she really loves numbers and she finds it really easy. And I told her she was really, really lucky because math was something that I was never, ever good at. Um, I have, and I don't even know what it is. Like, I know most dyslexia is not, is letter-based. You, you flip your, your letters. I flip my numbers. Um, and I, we didn't actually really find out for sure until I was in high school and I took accounting in high school. It was accounting class in high school. And I kept transversing the numbers and the answer would come out wrong and the teacher would look at it and they're like, well, you've trans, you, you've transversed the numbers somewhere. What? Go back, find out where you've transversed those numbers, flip them back around and it'll be fine. And sure enough, I would like flip the last two digits or something. And, um, that was, yeah. So math has never been something, thank goodness for calculators, because I would just, I don't have enough fingers and toes to math accurately. <laughs> Anything over 20, I, or, yeah, I'm screwed. Um, I don't think I haven't actually used both arms and both legs and my head when adding stuff up just to have an extra digit. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't math well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it only froze like half of, 
an eighth of the area that he was doing the work in. So he gets in there and I'm just like, dude, okay, you know, like I can feel you touching me because I can still, I still have, no matter how much freezing or what kind of freezing or, or what kind of anesthetic you use, I will still have the sensation of touch. I will know you're touching me. It won't hurt, but I'll know you're there. So he was doing his thing and I could feel him. And then all of a sudden there was a, ooh, hey. And he was like, he froze. <laughs> both him and the hygienist, they both froze. She's like, you can feel that? Uh-huh. And he kind of moved slightly, moved the little thing slightly forward. Like, how about now? I gave him a thumbs up. I'm like, no, you're good. Carry on. So he's working away and he's working away. And he goes back to that, that angle, that spot again. I'm like, uh-huh. you can still feel that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gripping the chair so I don't punch you. Yes. Um, so he modified his angle again <laughs> and carried on, did what he needed to do. So then I told him that the previous stitches somehow had become untied. Maybe he didn't tie them tight enough. Don't ever tell a medical professional that they didn't tie their stitches tight enough. Um, I said to him, maybe you didn't tie them tight enough and they became untied and they came out. My body tends to reject foreign objects. Um, yeah. So he says, well, I will tie them super tight this time to make sure. And he was tying them so tight, I could actually hear them squeaking as he was tying them. So I thought, great. And he trimmed them short enough so that I wouldn't feel the little strings and... Yeah, it started yesterday. I could feel the string. And um, I mentioned to my friend, I can feel the string. And of course, immediately they yelled at me and told me, don't play with it. Leave it alone. To which I just grinned. Because my tongue has a mind of its own. I have no control over what my tongue does when it finds something interesting to play with. Especially if it's in my mouth. So it's playing with the string and it's just kind of, you know, like, oh, there it is. Yeah, oh, oh, there it is. And then tonight during dinner, uh, it was hanging down the long enough that it was hanging down the back of my throat and it was making me gag. So, um, and Crystal's watching me the entire time. And of course she's doing the same thing as my friend was doing. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. It's choking me. So of course I reach in. Uh, I grab it and I'm just holding it and I'm very slowly. Don't give me that look. My live studio audience's head popped up and looked at me <laughs> and I'm holding on to it and I'm slowly pulling it. And I get, I'm thinking if it hurts, I'll stop because that means the knot is still there. But if it's hanging down far enough that I can grab it with two fingers in the center of my mouth, I didn't go up into the socket. Um, and, and it came out and I took a picture of it and I sent it to him. Um, and of course, right away he asked me how I feel. Uh, yeah, it hurts. My face hurts. My face has hurt for pretty much two weeks now. <laughs> I've been beaten up. Uh, but that is it. That, that was the last of the dental surgery. I go back on the eighth for a couple of cavities that he was going to do. And, um, then I'm done. 
I'm done because I can't afford the rest of the work. But uh, I started GoFundMe. <laughs> but no, my, uh, yeah, I'm done. I'll be done. I will have, my teeth will be back in good shape and just keep going from there. So I won't be in pain. So I'm not the usual exuberant, wonderful, effervescent self that I usually am. Uh, because my face hurts. And I, I had a comment actually this morning when I said that to somebody I was talking to. I said, my face hurts. And they laughed and they said, well, get used to it. Your face hurts me on a regular basis. Oh, thanks. Um, it was my brother being my brother. But, ow, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you're not, trust me, you are not a superhero. You're a superhero, but, you know, you can be taken out. I can still take you out. Um, yeah, prove that actually. Um, what was it? Thanksgiving last year, I think it was. So my brother and I have always had this thing because he's always kind of towered over me. When he was little, it was no much. It wasn't much fun because I was bigger than he was. So it was easy to lay him down, like literally lay him down on the ground. And then when he got taller than me, he, of course, you know. Got a little cocky because teenage boys do. And, oh, you can't take me down now. You can't take me down now. I'm like, I bet you I can, dude. One move. No, no, no. I'm bigger than you. I'm bigger than you. You can't take me down. You can't take me down. So, you know, we were tussling around a little bit. And I'm not the kind of girl that won't roll around in the grass and wrestle with her brother. I am that girl. <laughs> I will roll around in the grass and wrestle with my brother, um, even at 48 years of age. So we were kind of wrestling back and forth and, you know, he was pinning me and I was kind of letting him. And then, so we're standing up again and um, I've kind of got my head under his arm and my arm is around his waist. So I'm leaned into him and he's got his legs spread dummy and he's trying to like get you know this this stable stance where he's solid again i say dummy all i did was sweep my right leg in behind him and knock his feet out from underneath him and down he went he jumps back up and he says hey that's cheating how is that cheating so we go at it again and this time he's got me like from the front and he's like yeah nope you're not gonna get me you're not gonna get me and i'm short my brother was 6'2 when we started to do this. He's like 6'3, 6'4 now. I'm 5'3. So again, I'm hunched down. So I'm got a better angle and I'm around his waist. Sweep my leg out with the feet. And it's it's all in where you hit them between the knee and the ankle that buckles the knee immediately. And down he goes. So last Thanksgiving. Uh, we're all there and we're hanging out. We're doing our thing. And we're out in the backyard and you know, we're tussling around. And of course, Everett's watching and he's like, Uncle Eric, Uncle Eric, don't hurt Teffy. Don't hurt Teffy. Oh, well, hold on a minute. I can't be having my nephew who, you know, the sun set, rises and sets on me. Can't have him thinking that Uncle Eric could beat up Aunt Teffy. Oh, no, no, no. We can't have that now. Because... 
My nephew and I have superhero days. We do superhero days when we're together. And we actually plan these out, okay? There's like a plan to superhero day. And if Uncle Eric can take out Aunt Teffy, that doesn't make Aunt Teffy a very good superhero. So I looked at my brother and he kind of got this look on it because we were like kind of shoving each other back and forth doing, you know, the, the thing that we do. And uh, when I looked at him, he saw, he knew the look and he just got like this, oh crap, look on his face. And the next thing you know, he's, he's flat on his back, staring up at the sky going, well, shit, I didn't see that coming. Yes, did, did you did see that coming. Because I saw the look on your face. You knew exactly what I was going to do. And you couldn't get your left leg behind you fast enough to prevent me from taking you out. Because if he can get that left leg behind him so that he's kind of almost in like a walk crouch stance, I can only take out the right knee. And he'll only drop a knee. He won't actually go all the way down. But if he doesn't have his legs spread front to back just enough, then I can sweep his leg and his other leg will follow and down he'll go. And I used to just lay him down gently because like I said, I'd be around his waist. So I could kind of ride him down to the ground with enough strength in my upper body to prevent him from thunking. I'm 49 years old. I was 48 at the time. He's a whole lot heavier than he used to be when he was 16 and 17. So now he lands and knocks the wind out of himself. I stand there laughing, but, you know, it's a brother-sister. He's, he's the youngest, so. And, of course, my sister's standing there going, I'm not doing any medical. It's a holiday. If you break something, you're on your own. <laughs> and then we go after my sister. It's a team thing, you know. <laughs> we go and get her, chase her around the yard for a while quite fun my mom sits there and you know oh the noise the noise but you look over at her and of course she's got this big stupid grin on her face watching her three kids tear around the yard like idiots um she loves sitting and listening when i go and visit my sister and i will get into like these little spats if you will not even they're not even that they're just kind of like she's picking on me and i'm picking on her and it's just like a sisterly thing and my mom's like oh listen to that just listen to my girls and then, of course, you know, Heather and I will look at each other and we'll start picking on mom. <laughs> United front. It's great. <laughs> but I mean, you have to understand when my brother and sister were growing up, my brother and sister are best friends. They're two years apart and they grew up together. They all had this. They had all the same friends and they are best friends. They're 24 months apart, I think. And my sister and I are 10 years apart. My brother and I are 12 years apart. So... It's taken a long time for me to cultivate that brother-sister relationship over that um, authoritative figure in their life relationship. Because for the longest time, I was acting mom in their life because my mom was off being anything but mom. <laughs> you know, she had me. What did she need to be mom for? I was live-in babysitter. She left the recipe for dinner on the counter and I could make dinner. I did the dishes. I could bathe my brother and sister and, and, you know, oh, she has to work late at the store, put them to bed and, you know, take them to football practice, take them to hockey practice, take them to whatever it is practice that they happen to be into. My sister was always soccer. My brother was pretty much anything that had a projectile. 
baseball, football, lacrosse, hockey, whatever. If it had a stick and a projectile, he was in. He wasn't, he, he only played football, I think, for two seasons and realized, ow, <laughs> that hurts. You actually have to tackle people. He's not fond of that. I mean, in hockey, you do get into your scraps on the ice and you do get checked into the boards and, you know, you can get whacked with a stick. But the odds of it happening are a lot less than the fact that you're going to be taken down in football. That is pretty much a guarantee. If you've got the ball, you're kissing grass at some point. Especially if the other team has any merit. So my brother decided football wasn't for him. My sister played soccer. I played baseball. Baseball was my game. Yeah, I don't totally have no idea where I was going with any of this when I started. You're pretty much just going to get a rambling podcast this week because I hurt. And it's funny because it's not, well, it's not funny. I wouldn't say it's funny, haha, but funny, ironic, physically, my face hurts. And those that know me know anything neck and up is my kryptonite. It takes me out. I, I mean, and I've, I have a very high pain tolerance. So when I finally actually do give in and say, ow, it hurts. Um, I probably should have taken pain medication yesterday, but I'm stubborn. I don't like pills. I don't like drugs. Um, I have nothing against other people doing them. I don't care. Whatever. Fill your boots. I don't like taking medications. I've had to take medications for so long that if I can avoid taking extra medications, great. And when I first got sick, um, I was on a lot of medications. I was on like six or seven, maybe eight different medications at a time. Um, I had a pill container and it had all like days of the week and the times and separated into three different, it was, oh, it was a nightmare. But, uh, so if I can avoid taking anything for pain, I try to. And anybody who's had a toothache or an earache, you know, they can get pretty intense. And this was a, a, a medically caused tooth. Uh, it's not even a toothache because there's no tooth there gum ache, if you will, jaw ache, um, ow. <laughs> so I'm not, and I think, okay, remember I, I mentioned last week I'd had a conversation with somebody and it kind of opened up a lot of old wounds that, um, there was a lot of scar tissue over and, I have been struggling with that since then. Um, I mean, there, it was a pretty severe trauma and there was a litany of severe traumas that had happened um, over a space of, of several years. And you don't just open those wounds and discuss them and pretty much let them bleed all over the place and then slap a Band-Aid on them and carry about your way. I have, for the most part, on the outside, 
resumed life as normal and has maintained a um, calm, sane, rational veneer on the outside. <laughs> because I'm good at doing that. Uh, inside is an entirely different story. And uh, I'm still kind of struggling with that quite a bit. Um, the nightmares aren't every night, but um, they're most nights. And it's not, I mean, they started out as a reliving of what happened. And they've they've changed into something different now. It's more of um, I'm being pursued. I'm trying to run away from it. And I can't run away from it. Yes, I get the symbolism. Okay, I get it. Um, and then you throw in a, a spiritual crisis. So, you know, I don't do anything small. <laughs> I'm going to do something. Let's just throw all the neuroses, all the crises in to... Um, okay, I had to pause for a minute because I banged the cord. So I was making sure that the hum hadn't come back. But yeah, if, if I'm going to have a crisis, psh, let's have five or six all at once. Why not? Let's make it fun. <laughs> you know what you're crying for now? I don't know. Pick a reason. There's about seven. Let's, let's see. Let's flip the Rolodex of, of issues and we'll just pull out a card. Um, and I guess, I mean, it's not like this the spiritual crisis has, has just all of a sudden manifested itself and decided to, you know, now be an issue. Um, if you have listened to any of my podcasts, you'll remember there was a particular podcast that I did and it just, it popped into my head just now, clear as day. I couldn't tell you the number, but it was a podcast I did, um, last summer. It was a poolside podcast and I was talking about a spiritual crisis that I was having. And that I was questioning a lot of things that I had just, you know, believed and followed and did for the last 20 some odd years that had become such a part of me, but that my upbringing and my teachings that I had as a child and as an early, you know, adult were still with me. So you can go back. I can't remember what the title of it is. Um, but just read the little blurb. It'll tell you if you want to listen to that one. But this has been something that has been ongoing for, I mean, if I'm going to be completely and totally honest, which is something I've always tried to be with things that I discuss on this show. Um, I think it's been something that has always kind of been there. I've always, because when I first started out, when I first walked away from Christianity, I tried about six or seven different paths. I tried all the isms, Buddhism, Taoism, um, Judaism, <laughs> checked that one out for a while, um, until, I went, until I finally settled on Wicca. And yes, I do realize that is the first time I've actually said that on air. Um, but I needed at the time, and I think it was the closest thing that held the structure, held the reverence and the sacredness and the um, 
ritual that Sunday service at my church held. So I think it was something that I could kind of slip into and be comfortable there because it was something that was familiar, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Parts of it were very familiar. And when I was in the States, there was a particular group that I studied with when I was first, um, when I took my first degree. And there was a group that I studied with. And when we would stand in sacred space and we would um, make our offerings to the divine and we would commune with the divine, we would call the four archangels to our quarters to be our guardians. And it was something that I always found a little strange because this particular group would look down their nose at Christianity and yet were perfectly comfortable with using four of their deities to protect us in sacred space when we had let our guard down, when we were vulnerable and we were open and we were welcoming the divine spirit in. Um... That was something that didn't quite sit well with me. You can't look down your nose at another religion and then steal from them or liberate from them or use their saints in your teachings, in your, in your, in your, your workings. It just didn't, it didn't work for me. It didn't sit well with me. Um, oh. Who were the four that they called? Do I even remember? <laughs> it's been so long. I know there was Raphael, there was Uriel, there was um, Gabriel, and I think Ezekiel? I think. I could be wrong. If Barbara's listening, she's. if I'm wrong, she's screaming at me. I told you then, and I'll tell you now, I had an issue with it. But uh, there are things from my childhood teachings that I I think I've always, okay, I've always known, but I, I've recently verbalized outside of my head, acknowledged that I do and that they're there. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm torn because there are things within my pagan path that I, I believe with my whole heart that I, I'm, I don't know what the right word is, that I can't just walk away from, that I can't just disbelieve, you know, I can't just say, no, that's wrong or it's a sin or it's evil because I know better. I know it's not. I know that it's there. I know that it exists. Oh, y'all hear that? It's that time of year. That is my heater, which means it got cold enough in here for my heater to kick on. And it's not set very high. Anyway, but there's also things, teachings from my Christian background that I know to be true. So I'm kind of having a hard time reconciling those two parts of me. Yeah, yeah. So there there it is. There it is. Um, right, right out there. In the open. I think this is the first time that I've actually said it out loud. There is a Christian part of me and there is a pagan part of me and I'm having a hard time bringing those two parts together because there are things in 
the pagan part of me that I will not let go of. I cannot let go of. I believe in the balance of the universe. I believe in the balance of divinity, the light and the dark, the masculine and the feminine, the good and the bad, the love and the hate. You need both. I can't reconcile that with a strictly monotheist. I mean, okay, I can, I can accept a monotheistic spiritual belief, but I can't accept the fact that there isn't a duality to that, that there isn't um, a masculine and a feminine side to that one deity overall. I mean, I agree. Yes, there is a higher power, but I believe that there's more to it than that. And that's what I'm having a hard time with because you can, you can be both. You can. I've researched this. I have talked to people who are, for lack of a better term, they're, they call, they, they kind of call them Christian witches. They, they work with the energies they work. I know it, it, it's, it's a crappy term, um, but they believe in the natural ebb and flow of energy around them. They believe in the, the magic, I guess, for lack of a better term, around them and being able to tap into that and to use that. And I am an energy worker. I use energy. I, I tap into the ebb and the flow around me. You see what happens to me when I cross a ley line. <laughs> I know it's there. I tell you it's there. Um, I can feel it. I can tap into it like a battery. And in the teachings that I had, that doesn't exist. That isn't acknowledged. It isn't recognized. It isn't talked about. It, it doesn't exist. It's not allowed to exist, which means what I can do. And this isn't all just in my head because there have been people outside of me that have experienced what I can do, what I have been taught to do, what I have taught myself to do. So it's not just in my head. It would have to be a mass group hallucination of several people. So how can I deny that that's not real? Uh, I don't know. I, I, when I was at my sister's last week, I talked at great lengths about it with my mom and my mom and I have our differences. My mom and I have our disagreements and my mom is a lot of things, <laughs> self-centered and money hungry or one or two of them, but she is above all a very, very good Christian she she's not one of these, you know, you're going to burn in hell and thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, blah, blah, blah. But she's not one of those. She is a good Christian. She is open minded. She is willing to sit and, and talk with me. Um, she is willing to give her opinion when asked, which is unusual for my mother, because normally she is more than willing to share her opinion with you, whether you want her to or not. Um, but in this case... Like I, I, I asked, I said to her, um, when I had asked for, um, my Bible, which she couldn't find, but that's fine. She, uh, gave me my dad's instead, which actually has more meaning to me than if she had found mine, 
because my dad was a I'll see it when I believe it kind of guy, but in the end he um he believed. He he spoke to me, he spoke to my mom. He would pray with my mom and he he was at peace with dying, I guess. Um he didn't fight it. And so to have his Bible, uh, it kind of means more to me than if I'd had my own. But I, I said to her, I said, you know, I'm sure you're just squeeing on the inside and, and jumping for joy that I'm having this, you know, existential crisis. And she says, no, honestly, I'm not. You know, she says, I'm not going to sit here and try and, you know, bring you over to the dark side. And she actually worded it that way because she knew that it would make me laugh. I was I was having a moment and she knew that it would make me laugh. And uh, I had always teased her about that, too. Um, and she's like, I'm not going to sit here and try and convert you. Everybody's spiritual journey is their own. And everybody, what was it? How did she put it? Everybody comes to God in their own way, is what she had said. And in their own terms and in their own time. And um, how you find your way there, that's your journey. How you, f and, and, what you recognize it as when you get there, what you choose to call it when you get there is also a personal journey. <laughs> this really weird, don't mind me, I, this really weird tingling right now on the left side of my head. So it's kind of like, you know, when um, somebody runs their, their nails through your hair, like across your scalp, uh, you get that weird tingle. So it feels like, anyway, sorry, I got distracted. It was weird. <laughs> but, um, we we spent oh god good 3 hours talking that night because we talked and i took my dad's bible and off and toddled my little butt back out into my bed and uh did my my regular good night phone call um and then i laid there and i stared at the ceiling 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 <laughs> and i grabbed my phone and i texted my mom you still awake and she said yeah but I'm in bed. Why? Can I come in? She's like, yeah. So, like a little five-year-old, bounded into my mom's room, jumped up onto her bed and under the blankets, <laughs> snuggled up beside her. And I put my head on her shoulder and I just talked. And she just laid there and listened. And she, you know, stroked my hair and patted my back and did all the things that moms do. Um, and she just listened to me talk. And I mean, I, I told her things that she didn't know. Um, and for the first time in a long time, she didn't make it less than what it was. She didn't, um, diminish what I was feeling. Now, mind you, you know, a couple of days later, uh, she totally shot that to hell. But for that moment, um, she was the mom that I had always wanted her to be. If that, if, you know, um, but I talked to her about, a lot of things, a lot of, of, um, things that I was, I was struggling with and that I was confused about. And, um, she of course, you know, didn't have any answers for me because she's not supposed to have answers for me. The answers to my questions aren't supposed to come from her. They're not supposed to come from anybody. I am supposed to, oh, ah, 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 sorry. We have another stitch trying to make an escape. Um, they're supposed to come from me and it's something that I need to um, 
figure out its path that I need to walk alone and sort it out for myself. And where I end up, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I do know that um, wherever this ridiculously winding, vine-covered, bramble-ridden burrs and thorns and all the pokey, grabby, crappy stuff that could possibly clog up a path is on this path. Um, wherever it leads me, I will find the peace that I'm seeking at the end of it. What it's going to look like, I don't know. I don't know. But I think I'm at that point in my life. Uh, Crystal and I were talking about this earlier tonight, how when we both first started in this um, on this particular path that we're on now, you know, it was all about the big flowy skirts and the witchy like tops and all of the jewelry. And, you know, you had every crystal that you owned hanging around your neck and every finger was bedeckled with silver rings and they had crystals in them and they had symbols on them and they had this and they had that and your shirts had the big pentacles on it. And you advertised what you were and it was almost like a challenge to people you know come at me come at me give me a reason to validate why i am what i am and then as we got older <laughs> and wiser you no longer did that you just you you stepped into your beliefs and it became a part of you and they changed over time I mean, I'm no longer Wiccan. That was just ridiculous. Well, I can't say ridiculous. It served the purpose it needed to serve at the time. I needed structure. I needed um, step by step. I needed, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. This is what's required. I needed that. Now I kind of, I do, I, I don't even know if there is a name for what I am and what I do and what I believe and how I pray and how I worship and how I, I, I honor what is sacred to me. What is sacred to me is not necessarily sacred to everybody else in the pagan community. Um, what is sacred to me is not necessarily sacred to everybody in the Christian community, but it's sacred to me. And I think that's the point, you know? I told my mom that, you know, I would be willing to go to church with her if she wanted me to go. I have no problem. I've never had a problem going to church with somebody. Uh, that's that's never been an issue for me because the way I believe and the way I was taught in Christianity and in the pagan community is you are accepting of all religious paths. If it makes somebody morally and ethically a good person, if it brings them peace and helps them to, to make good choices in their life and to be a good person and to be kind and caring and compassionate and empathetic, who am I to say it's wrong? May not be what I believe, but who am I to say it's wrong? My path isn't for everybody. Their path isn't for everybody. Their path is for them. My path is for me. I can't sit here and say, well, your path is wrong. So yeah, I am, I'm willing to go to church. I don't feel like a hypocrite because I will honor deity. I might not call it that. Might not use the same names you use. Same energy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
don't ask don't ask me how this suddenly turned into a uh uh I don't I don't even know what this has turned into. But yeah. It was it was it's one of those podcasts in the dark except I didn't actually get up turn the light off. I was going to. But then I looked at it and it's over there and I have to kinda of go around my microphone and I read and I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> some days I for some things I am lazy. Um I was actually helping my friend move today, so well not move, but pack to move. And uh did that on the weekend too, and I'm telling you, I am so tired. It <laughs> helping people move usually cures me of ever wanting to move. <laughs> and I yeah. Um, I'm glad that I don't own a lot of possessions because if there ever comes a time that I am going to move, it won't take me long. Uh, cause yeah, I don't ever, oh, good grief. <laughs> I hate packing. I hate it. Just throw everything in a box. Don't, no, just throw it in there. It doesn't matter. You're going to, it's all going to the same place. You'll find it eventually. You know, as long as you make a point of unpacking every box, you will find everything eventually. Why does it matter what goes in what box? Who cares? Just throw it in a box, tape the box shut, mark the room on it. What room were you in when you packed that box? Oh, you were in spare bedroom. Okay, spare bedroom. <laughs> I pretty much just sent my live studio audience into fits of OCD twitching. If it's my stuff, yes, it's going to be labeled and and you know, left dresser drawer, third row from the back, you know, what's in the drawer will go into the box. But somebody else's house, I don't care. Just pack the box. And I mean, it, you don't need a grand discussion about what's going in the box either. Just pack the box. Pack the box. But she she's a Scorpio, so she has to have control. And it's very hard for her to not have control. And she's actually relinquished a lot of control which I'm very proud of her. She's, you know, letting other people pack boxes, which is great. And she's not necessarily knowing what's going. Well, she knows what's going in those boxes. She's not knowing how they're going in the boxes. She's not going knowing if they're wrapped right going in the boxes. She's trusting that they are. And she knows that, okay, this box is from the studio because that's all it says is studio. And this box is kitchen because it says kitchen. And this box is living room because it says living room. And this box is dragons because it says dragons. But the dragon box is see-through, so she knows exactly what's in that, and she packed that one herself. Nobody's allowed to touch her dragons. I have things here that I would have to pack, like all of my dogs. All of my dogs I would have to pack myself. Um, it, it, it caused me great anxiety when I went to Midland the last time and um, more of my stuff was shoved in my car, which is fine. You know, it's my stuff, and it's his house, so great. I'll take it. But I found out that one of the boxes held all of my ceramic dogs. Now, some of these dogs are 40, 50, 60 years old or older. Some of them have come from England because they came over with my dad's mom, Ivy. And uh, yeah, some of them, I, I think some of them are actually worth some money. I should look into that. But whenever they were being moved, either mom or myself would wrap these dogs and pack them so that we knew. And they would get wrapped in newspaper. And then they would get wrapped in bubble wrap. And then they would get placed in the box. And bubble wrap would be placed in layers between each of the dogs. 
so that nothing would happen to the ducks. Well, these dogs were just kind of crumpled up into uh, newspaper and then thrown in a box. So it caused me great anxiety to open this box and go through this box. Oh, excuse me. Oh. And, and, you know, pray none of these dogs were broken. And none of these dogs were broken. So thankfully, I was very happy with that. Um, there were some missing, but we're not going to go there. Small price, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's been a week. Um, I'm not really feeling the love. <laughs> I'm not really feeling the happy, happy, joy, joy. But it's not because it's not there. It's because I am struggling internally with um, some trauma. And um, there was one that I thought I had kind of come to terms with and I kind of accepted and, you know, I still hate the person. I will probably hate the person for the rest of my life. No, he has not paid enough in his karmic debt yet to make up for what he has done. I don't care if his wife has been dying of cancer for the last six years. I don't care that his girlfriend has left him because his wife won't hurry up and die. I don't care that he might have a little serial killer for a kid. Okay, well, that I do care about because, you know, I don't want him going out and killing somebody, like, you know, torturing a small animal. Um, I don't care that, you know, he decided that even though he could have gone to the best college or university in Canada, he decided he wants to drive pizza and drive for a chip company instead. I don't care. I don't care that his crazy dying wife is an alcoholic and she's abusive. Don't care. Don't care. Serves him right. That's your karma, dude. Suck it up. What I do care about is when I'm expected to express sympathy for him um, because he had a scare that he might have had COVID because he had a sore throat. <laughs> No, COVID could have been the nicest thing that could have happened to him. I'm kind of hoping for, you know, a slow, painful death covered in boils and body parts falling. Leprosy would be good. I would completely be happy with leprosy. I would think, okay, death paid, you have leprosy. Depending on which body part fell off first, great. Uh, but having a COVID scare, I'm supposed to feel sympathy for that because he had a sore throat. A sore throat. Do I need to list the body parts that he caused extreme pain to? And he had a sore throat. I have a scar on the inside under of my underarm where he took a pair of pliers to see how thick my sweater was. You know, those, those locking ones? Yeah. After he tied me up so I couldn't get loose and, and you know, Get him off. It was a little Snoopy sweater that my mom had knit for me, lined. It was really nice. Uh, but, you know, arms weren't very thick. So, yeah. Uh, I have scars inside and outside, emotionally and physically from this person. So, I'm sorry, dude, if you thought you might have had COVID. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. No. Don't care. And see, that's a concept that I can't get behind. That whole forgive and forget crap. Mm -mm. No, no. There are some people that I have forgiven and then completely forgotten about them. Then there are some that I just cannot. 
and I guess that's a personal thing. That's a that's a issue that I have to work through. Um, so I've been told, forgive them, and forgive myself, which to somebody who has been through what I have been through, and I'm not the only one that's been through it. There are others out there I know. But to somebody who has been through the situations that I have been through, to tell them that they need to forgive themselves makes them think that they have actually done something that they need to be forgiven for. Hmm. So we're supposed to believe that it's not our fault, but we need to forgive ourselves for what has happened. Explain that one to me. Somebody explain that to me. Because I have heard it from more than one person, and three of those people happen to be therapists. One was the top psychiatrist in Ontario. Yeah, I stopped going to him shortly after he told me that. You need to forgive yourself for what has happened. Uh, first of all, um, the first situation that we are talking about, I was four. What do I need to forgive myself for? What did I do at four years old that I need to forgive myself for? Not a damn thing. So there are people that I will never forgive. And I damn sure never forget. Nope, can't do it. Killed them off repeatedly in a few of my stories and a couple of my books. That's always fun to do. <laughs> and depending on which person I happen to be killing off that day, um, depends on how creative the death is. But uh, yeah, that's the joys about being a writer is you can completely obliterate somebody that has hurt you or uh, traumatized you in some way. And it's perfectly legal. Perfectly legal. And if you write it well enough, you'll actually make money from it too. <laughs> so talk about the uh, ultimate revenge. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a crap week. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's been a crap week. But, but when this airs, it will be October 1st, which means that it is only 30 days, 29 days from October 1st. 29 days to Scarefair. So I have, well, I have less than 29 days because I will be landing in Las Vegas, Nevada on the 24th of October. Um, and then being whisked away <laughs> to the lovely climb of California. Uh and I'm very, very, very excited about that. You have no idea how excited I am about that. You're gonna, by the time it gets to there, because I'm probably going to mention it like every week until the time actually comes, um, because I'm very, very excited <laughs> about going. Um, there are some people there that I am very excited to see. Uh, we'll just, yeah, very excited to see them. Anyway, there's one particular person and I've already told her this. I'm just going to hug the stuffing right out of her. <laughs> and she giggled and then kind of went, oh. Um, I think I might have scared her a little bit when I said I was going to hug the stuffing out of her. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see her. Um, we have, actually, we have plans. <laughs> so, her and I have plans. Uh, but, yeah. So, I'm I'm counting down the days. It'll be 24 days. I get to go for, you know, that... What is it called? The International Outbound Travelers COVID Test. I get to go and have that on the 21st. Oh, yay. I thought, oh, psh, you know, I've had a COVID test before. No big deal. I had to have a COVID test to go into the old age home to move furniture. It was a rapid test. Stick a Q-tip up your nose, tickle your brain, and you're good to go. 
Well, this one's a little more extensive. They stick a Q-tip up both nostrils. <laughs> My hope is, okay, I'm kind of hoping they'll do both at the same time, and I'm kind of hoping that they won't do both at the same time. Like, they'll do one and give me a breather and let me brace myself and do the other one. Uh, if they do both at the same time, great. It's over and it's done with all at once. Um, but I don't think they can do that because they have to pay attention to what they're doing. Yeah, but you, I'm flying, so... I have to make sure I have all my ducks in a row. I've got to have a negative COVID test, which is really all the only requirement that I need to fly into Nevada or any state in the United States for that matter is a negative COVID test. But I'm going to go armed with my negative COVID test, my receipt from my second vaccination dose, the printout from the government of Ontario website that has the watermark on it to make it official. And the app. I have it saved in my Apple wallet. So, yeah, I'm, I am I am vaccinated. It says I've had two valid doses and it says Pfizer. So, and I'm going to go with my negative COVID test. Hopefully my new driver's license arrives before then because all I have right now is my old driver's license and a card that says this is okay to use until her new license comes in. Um, because I think, if I remember correctly, when I got on the plane the last time, they asked for my driver first license and uh, my passport. So I have to bring that with me. Um, I don't think they'll buy the excuse, I bring my driver's license because I'm not going to be driving. Because <laughs> it's a form of photo ID. Everybody carries their driver's license. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll tell you why I'm looking forward to it one day. I'm not going to do it today because I'm already an hour and eight minutes in. Um... And I'm not exactly sure it's entirely my story to tell. So <laughs> speaking of stories, um, we have wrapped submissions for Natural Instincts. All the stories have been submitted to the publisher and contracts have gone out. So yay, that is going to be coming out soon. I know I'm doing housekeeping at the end of the podcast because I wasn't given any housekeeping at the beginning of the podcast. And I'm just actually kind of remembering stuff right now. <laughs> my live studio audience is a little slow today but that's okay he's still cute <laughs> you gotta understand when I say that when I tell him he's cute it, I, it's for a particular reason A because he is and B because it makes him giggle every single time and that is just like absolutely adorable so it's fun I'll just tell him hey guess what what you're cute he'll giggle and he'll be like alright perfect I'm in a good mood now. I'll carry on. That's my little that's my little happy for the day. But uh yeah, so scare fair. That's gonna be fun. Um it's coming up September 30th. Or, pff, good grief. <sighs> October 30th. Today I'm actually recording on September 30th. It's actually September 30th today. So in one month exactly from today, it will be scare fair. Um I will be there. I'm going to be in costume, whether or not it's actually the intended costume. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm watching my live studio audience cross himself repeatedly because, you know, we're hoping it's a success. You know, he's hoping it's a success. I know it's going to be. There's going to, there's a lot of really fun things going on. The vendors, um, I've actually had an opportunity to check out the vendors like not like physically check them out but because i do all the bookkeeping for the company i've seen all of their applications um 
And there's some really, really cool vendors that are going to be there. Like they're going to be makeup and there's going to be um, art and, and crafty people and T-shirts and cookies and stuff. Like lots of stuff. Really cool stuff. Um, there's going to be way more clowns than one event can handle wandering around. Uh, so if you're afraid of clowns, brace yourself. There's going to be... Um, like the the celebrities are like insane we've got joe bob briggs you've got darcy the male girl you've got lisa wilcox you've got walter phelan you've got john masari you've got um like a ton of celebrities <laughs> i really need to talk about my live studio audience and his lack of self-control because <laughs> you know killing me but it's going to be an incredible event. And then out back, there's this psychotic carnival of thrills, um, which is an add-on. And it's it's supposed to be really incredible. It's going to be this haunted maze. And it, you're going to get the pants scared off of you. And it's like it's got that whole Halloween spooky motif to it. And then there's going to be like road work is going to be playing there, like a classic rock band. And then, you know, if you are into Rob Zombie, there's going to be American Zombie playing. Um, totally cool. Totally going to, you know, rock my little tuchus off and, and you know, do some dancing. Well, that all depends on if the boots allow me to dance because the boots that I'm going to be wearing are going to pretty much make me, I think it adds a good four inches to my height. I could actually might even come up to Dave's shoulder. <laughs> be as tall as him but I might actually come up to his shoulder maybe um you won't have to like bend himself in half to give me a hug so that'll be good but it'll only be for the one day because I'm not wearing these I mean they're really comfortable though I could wear them all the time they're really comfortable but um if you are a Rocky Horror Picture fan as I am um Come prepared because there's going to be a live showing of the movie. And as you all know, if you go somewhere and they are showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show, audience participation is a must. So bring your toast, bring your toilet paper, brush off that corset and that fishnet and shave your chest because, you know, um, I really wish I could go as magenta um unfortunately i don't think i'm going to be able to I, I know i won't be able to find a gold lame um bodysuit and tuxedo jacket and top hat it's just not going to happen and i'm not cutting my hair i'm not cutting my hair i could go as um oh i can't even remember her name I think I just screwed up the characters too you have to understand i'm in pain it's 12:30 at night and i need to take drugs so, but the riffraff's sister thing <laughs> I could go as her. But again, I don't think I'm going to be able to find a French maid's outfit between now and then. So I'm actually going, I'm, I was requested by um, the little girl that I'm going to go see and hug the stuffing out of that I go as a vampire. So I had picked up a couple of things tonight from Crystal's place when I told her I was going to be a vampire. So she's like, well, you can take the boots. I'm like, Great. <laughs> like the boots. Um, 
and then she's like, you can take this too. It's, it's a, I can't remember what she called it. It was a really weird name. Um, I'm like, okay, awesome. So I figured, okay, I've got, so I've got a black mini skirt at home that I realized when I actually put it on, I have to be about a good six inches taller for it to actually be a mini skirt. It comes just below my knee. So I had to roll it up a little bit so that it would come above my knee. And then I had a black and white dress shirt, man's dress shirt. Perfect. Cause it kind of went with this black and white thing. And then I put my corset on, which I realized I now need to buy a new corset. Um, and I ended up looking more like a pirate than I did a vampire. So then I tried it without the shirt and still, you know, looked like a sleazy pirate now. And then I remembered I had this um, kind of like a, a tuxedo-y type top with the long tail down the back. Um which I think instead of wearing a black skirt underneath, I'm going to wear black either. Yeah, I've got black uh, tights. <laughs> I do have a black fishnet bodysuit that I could wear underneath it. Um, unfortunately, the front's a little short, so I do need to wear something to, you know, remain decent in public. Um, but I do have, I think I'm going to wear, I've got black leggings that, um, are, you know, they're, they're form fitting, so they're tight. So it'll look like, um, black pants and I'll just put the boots over them. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to wear, I'm going to do that. And if I can get, um, if I can modify the corset that I already have, have I will use it if I can't then I will see because I was looking at corsets on Amazon and I could get one for like 20 bucks they're like they're dirt cheap um so I might do that I just have to measure my waist first before I order it so that I make sure that it actually fits so yeah so that's what I'm gonna do I think that's what I'm gonna do yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And it looked more vampire-y than the other did. It was more kind of formal. And then I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a black choker for my neck um, with like a, a red, like a, a ruby-esque stone or something. Um, I'm pretty sure that... Um, ooh, well, that almost slipped out. I'm pretty sure my live studio audience's sister would have something I could borrow, but I am going to be going, taking a trip to Midland, uh, before I buy a corset, I'm going to be taking a trip to Midland to Misha's place. And there will be an evening. Um, her daughter Shaylin is, <laughs> I'm pretty much going to be her Barbie doll. <laughs> she's, she's got a couple of corsets for me and she's pretty sure that her daughter Shaylin has something that, um, I can turn into a vampire. She's going to turn me into a vampire. Um, so I'm going to go there. There may or may not be, uh, there, okay, there will not be video. I can guarantee you there will not be video that night. That'll be, a, my car will be parked and I will be leaving in the morning kind of night because um, drinks will be involved. Drinks will be involved. Her and I are going to have a few drinks together. Uh, yep, yep, tequila will be involved. <laughs> and, which is why there will be no video that night because when tequila's involved, there's generally not very good decisions involved. Um, I don't do anything that I 
would be ashamed to do or do anything that I would get into trouble for. What I mean by bad decisions would be, you know, pulling out her karaoke machine and thinking I'm Mariah Carey or, um, oh, she's got the Wii. We could do like a marathon guitar here. I know we're such nerds. We're such party animals. We're going to drink, you know, margaritas and play Guitar Hero on the Wii. <laughs> but no, there's there's going to be like this costume show. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, there there is somebody that will be getting pictures of the outfits that Shaylin decides to put me in. And they will be the one deciding what gets put into my suitcase and what does not. <laughs> so, um, because I don't think I look good in anything. And I sent pictures to him and I sent pictures to Mish and said okay this is what I'm working with I need help and they both chose the exact same picture as their favorite so I don't know anyway I'm gonna go see her I'm gonna take that piece with me and go look this is what we're working with show me what you got who knows maybe they'll have like this long black I could be like a black haired beauty for you know like the whole Elvira thing, except the, the shirt, there's no, there's, yeah. The shirt at the top itself is actually very respectable. There's no cleavage happening at all. It's it's very respectable and, and you know, <laughs> not a fan favorite. Um, it's the one they chose. So, you know, live with it. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm going to end this. I know I didn't do Florida. All right, we'll do, I've got one Florida man for you. Uh, we're already at an hour and 20 minutes, but uh, we've got, I've got one Florida. I've got a couple of Florida man for you. Um, this poor Florida man was just, he, it's not that he was doing anything ridiculous. He was just having a really bad day. Florida man was hit by a car, then ran over by a school bus while crossing the street at a crosswalk. So it's not like he was jaywalking either. Like, dude, uh, Florida man tased for twerking. Okay. Okay. Yes, I, I, you know what? I don't see that. I don't find a problem with that. Twerk, just, just tease everybody that decides they're going to try and twerk. Because it's just, yeah. A uh, man who killed Florida family said he could communicate directly with God. Um, Polk County Sheriff told him just because you have mental health issues just does not mean you are not criminally liable. Florida man says he tried to impress date with high-speed police chase. <laughs> no, no. That's all I'm going to say. No. <laughs> Are you afraid of how you drive? Um, Florida man shoots grandmother, claims to have killed the devil. That's kind of funny. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, Florida man rams police vehicles and yells at cops, just shoot me. Ah, suicide by cop. He's brandishing a hunting knife. <laughs> okay. If you were going to go on a crime spree... And you were going to steal stuff. You'd steal good stuff, like really cool cars and, and expensive watches and stuff like that, right? Like, you know, power boats and take them for a spin, motorcycles, stuff like that. Florida man steals a forklift, a four-wheeler, and shoes in a crime spree. Charles Harrington is accused of stealing two trucks, a car, a four-wheeler, and a forklift, among other things. He's currently being held on $88,000 bail. <laughs> well, all right then. A Florida man's funeral becomes COVID vaccination event. <laughs> well, you know, you got a lot of people gathered together. Why not? Take advantage. I don't know. 
Um, Florida man hospitalized after jumping into Jaguar exhibit at zoo. <laughs> okay. Man arrested for stealing gator and abusing it to teach it a lesson. Aw, poor gator. Uh, Florida... <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, um, that's one way to do it. Florida teen says Satan tempted him to commit burglary to pay for college. I, I really don't think the boy needs college. I think he needs medication and an exorcism. <laughs> right? The defendant said he decided to burglarize, burg, burg, wow, burglarize homes to get money for college. He also said the devil kept tempting him to steal. Okay. I, I really should read these to my mother because she wants to spend three months in Florida with these people. I, okay, um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Florida man arrested for hitting daughter with pizza after she told him to leave. Police noted the strong odor of an alcoholic beverage on the father's breath when asking him about the alleged food fight. <clears throat> okay, so Florida woman, not to be outdone by Florida man, leads cops in nearly naked chase. Nearly naked. A Florida woman was barely wearing anything on the multi-county high-speed chase that hit 110 miles per hour, according to authorities. Yeah, her boobies must have been flapping in the wind. Oh, dang. Florida man dies from mangrove lodged in his head. Isn't that a tree? Isn't the mangrove a tree? The man was driving a 21-foot boat at a high rate of speed when he veered directly into a mangrove shoreline. Yep. Picture shows it's a tree. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, here's another one. It must be the water. It really must be the water. Florida suspect flees police in stolen police car, crashes, and takes another one. Police said in a statement the officers that officers responding to a disturbance at a motel on Thursday afternoon when they stopped Xavier J. Vern Cummings who managed to get into their unlocked car as the officers were questioning him. Now, if you've ever watched the show Cops, you know, when they get out of their car, they just leave the door open and the car running and they run. So if you're a smart, well, okay, if you're a Florida criminal, you're going to hide behind the nearest garbage can, wait until they're three blocks away, jump in their car and off you go. Who's going to stop you? If you're driving a police car, lights going, sirens going, nobody's going to stop you. Nobody's going to pull you over until... The police that are on foot get to a radio and say, or, you know, grab their radio on their thing when they get back to where their car was and realize their car's gone and radio back and say, um, I'm an idiot. Our suspect stole my car. I can guarantee you they were laughed at at the station house. Don't think the Florida man was the stupid one in this scenario. Because <laughs> first of all, he flees in a stolen police car, crashes it, and then takes another police car. Apparently, the Florida police are just as bright as Florida man. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Florida man steals an ambulance. Wow. Let's slow this down a little bit. Florida man steals ambulance. There we go. Gets it stuck in the mud a few miles away. Uh, all right. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to know. A Florida manatee lover. Gary Stone, 
arrested for harassing sea cows. Stone said he was doing informal research, though a search of his computer revealed no research papers or data. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Just ew. Ew. I mean, sea cows aren't even attractive. I mean, if it was a dolphin, okay, they have those sleek lines and shinies. But have you looked at a sea cow? It's like a fat walrus got smacked in the face with a frying pan. It's the smooshed. And these flappy little arm thingies. Uh, no, I don't know. Ew. Dude. Come on now. All right. I've had enough of Florida, man. We're moving on. We're going to do our fun fact Friday. Okay. So these are 40 random obscure facts that will make everyone think you're a genius. So did you know? that between 1912 and 1948, the Olympic Games awarded medals in sculpture, music, painting, and architecture. I did not know that art was a competitive sport in the Olympics. A chef's hat has exactly 100 pleats. That I did know. I did know that. A chef's tall hat, officially known as a toque. Not the things that we wear here in Canada in the winter. Those are hats. The thing on the top of a chef's head is called a toque. Don't you okay me? <laughs> and it's meant to represent the 100 ways to cook an egg. Oh my God, OMG. The usage of OMG can be traced back to, when do you think, live studio audience? What year do you think? Give me a year. When did you think they started using OMG? Do that again. Two, zero, Zero, to the year 2000. Would you be surprised to find out it was 1917? <laughs> One of the earliest uses, perhaps the earliest uses of OMG, appeared in a letter to the then Member of Parliament as the Atlantic reports. In 1917, British Navy Admiral John Arbonaut Fisher wrote to Winston Churchill about rumors of new titles that would soon be bestowed. I hear that a new order of knighthood is on the tapas, he wrote. OMG. Shower it on the admirality. OMG, indeed. And if you're looking for a way to kill... Oh, never mind. We're not going to read that. Uh, some. Did you know some cats are actually allergic to humans? That's kind of funny. Though it's uncommon, since humans bathe more than your typical animal and don't shed as much hair or skin, some animals can still be allergic to humans. However, it's more often because of the perfume or cologne they wear or the soap we use. The majority of your brain is fat. So when you call somebody a fathead, you're not lying. You can literally call someone a fathead, but it's still unkind. Orange aren't naturally occurring fruits. They are not naturally occurring fruits. Oranges may have may be an iconic fruit, but they are not a naturally occurring one. In fact, oranges are a hybrid of tangerines and pomelos, also known as Chinese grapefruit. They were originally green, not, well, orange. Oranges are a subtropical fruit. But now that they exist in more temperate climates, they lose their chlorophyll-induced green and become their more familiar color when the weather warms up. High heels were originally worn by men. I think we should go back to that. <laughs> no, wait. Um, 
No. No. The man in my life is tall enough already. I don't need him wearing heels. <laughs> I need to wear heels. <laughs> Just to kind of, you know. All right. So, in the 10th century, men in Europe adopted the now gender fashion choice of heels to make it easier to ride their horses. Adding heels to their boots made it easier to stay in their stirrups. Well, yeah. The, pers the Persian cavalry wore inch heels, and the trend spread to Europe. Since they showed that the wearer owned and maintained horses, high heels became associated with the upper class. Stop signs used to be yellow. In 1922, the American Association of State Highway Officials met to determine the standard design for stop signs. And that's where they decided on the color. Yellow. Wait, what? Yes, according to Business Insider, stop signs were yellow because they thought that would grab the driver's attention. They'd also considered red, but there was no dye available at the time that wouldn't eventually fade. By 1954, however, sign makers had access to fade-resistant porcelain enamel and could finally start making stop signs the red color we recognize today. Um, New York was briefly named New Orange. Yes, before it was the Big Apple, it was New Orange. As history reports, when the Dutch captured New York from the English in 1673, they renamed it New Orange in honor of William III of Orange. The following year, the English regained control and ditched the orange. Because, you know, the English are awesome. Just saying. <laughs> My live studio audience is ignoring me and hoping I wrap this up soon so, you know, they can go to sleep. Okay. There was a... So, the, All right. We might be wrapping this up sooner than anticipated. There was a successful Tinder match in Antarctica in 2014. The dating app is popular across the globe, but it didn't have a connection on the least inhabited continent until 2014, when a pair of research assistants, a man working in Antarctica's McMurdo Station, and a woman camping a 45-minute helicopter ride away, found they had matched. Yeah, probably because they're both in Antarctica. Only crazy people go to Antarctica. Um, Amelia Earhart and Eleanor Roosevelt once went on a joyride. In 1933, Eleanor Roosevelt and Amelia Earhart ditched a fancy dinner in Washington, D.C. and hopped into an Eastern Air Transport Curtis Condor for a quick trip to Baltimore and back. Earhart, who was wearing a white silk gown, piloted the plane for most of the flight. <laughs> and this is why I love Amelia Earhart. She was just so freaking cool. <laughs> Okay, we're going to end on this one, A, because it's number 13, and B, just because it's the best random fun fact I have come across yet out of all of the fun facts. Green eggs and ham started as a bet. The Dr. Seuss classic grew out of the bet with his editor that he could not create a book using fewer than 50 different words. The editor, Random House founder Bennett Kerf, put, you guessed it, $50 on the line and lost. Yep. That, that, you know what? That, that is absolutely, ew. Oh, I shouldn't have kept scrolling because, ew, that looks gross. It's supposed to taste good, but it doesn't look very good. It likes, it looks like poop in an apple, but apparently there is a fruit that tastes like chocolate pudding. Black sapote has another irresistible name, the chocolate pudding fruit. According to Good Morning America, the fruit, native to Central and South America, 
tastes like sweet custard with a hint of chocolate. When it's fully ripe, the flavor and consistency has been described as a dead ringer for chocolate pudding. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going to do it. Can't make me. Speaking of too much water, I'm going to have a drink. Since we're speaking of too much water, too much water can kill you. Drinking too much water can be deadly. When guzzling a lot of liquid, you can suffer from water intoxication or hyponatremia, which occurs after an obscene amount of water is consumed, often during endurance events when participants are also losing sodium through their sweat. There have been many notable cases, including the 2002 Boston Marathon competitor Cynthia Lucero, who died from overhydration. Well, on that note, I am going to close this up and bid you all a wonderful weekend. And I hope you all have a really good week. And we will meet back here next week. Same Lupa channel. Same Lupa time. Because <laughs> I can't use the other way because it's copyrighted. You look like a really drunk air traffic controller. <laughs> My live studio audience is trying to give me directions and it's just not working. He needs to hit the unmute button and say it into my ear and then I'll say it on the air. Yes, I know, but I couldn't say that. I was trying to figure out how to say it without saying that. Oh, I got it backwards. Okay, so it's the same Lupa time, same Lupa channel. There we go. Okay, I sit because I'm not standing. I sit corrected. It's okay. He got replaced as, you know, my favorite Batman today because I got a better one. <laughs> and unfortunately, the better one is also a lot cuter, but he's only three. Um, my grandson sent me that most awesome little, I'm Batman. <laughs> and he had his little Batman shirt on with his little Batman hood and his little Batman ears. And he was giggling and he was smiling and he was just awesome. Totally made my morning. That's how I woke up. He was having his breakfast, getting ready for school. And he wanted to send Amma, I'm Batman. Because he knows Uma likes Batman. So I got an, I'm Batman. <laughs> and then immediately sent my live studio audience a message and said, you've been replaced. <laughs> okay. All right. It is now almost an hour and 45 minutes. So I am out of here. I'm sorry, Joe. Enjoy editing this one. Um, this was not supposed to be a long podcast. My face is telling me it was not supposed to be a long podcast. But you know me. I never shut up. And obviously I still haven't shut up because I'm still talking. Okay, I am out of here. You know where to find me. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you can't figure out where to find me, then you don't need to find me. You want to email me, it's lupabardy, L-U-P-A-B-A-R-D-Y at gmail.com. And if you are interested in Scarefare and you want to go check it out, you can get tickets at pcehd.com. Uh, you can buy your general admission tickets. You can get your VIP tickets. You can also get the add-ons. And I am out of here for this week. All right, everybody. See ya. Carry on all way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.